Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. As you navigate life's challenges, know that you are not alone. Hi, I'm Hillary Kirkendall, Marketing and Communications Coordinator for Wedgwood Christian Services. And these are the stories of real people who work at, learn from, and grow through the nationally accredited, faith-based nonprofit. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Michael Voss has an incredible story. He's been at Wedgwood for 24 years and is currently serving as the program manager of Wedgwood's residential program for children and teens. Today, he and I talk about his heart for serving others, what led him to Wedgwood, and what motivates him to keep going. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Can you tell me your name and what your role here at Wedgwood is? Yep. Uh, my name is Michael Voss, and I'm the residential supervisor manager here at Wedgwood. So how long have you been with Wedgwood? Well, uh, next month, it'll be 24 years since I've been here. I actually started off in our uh, recovery program, which is which was at that time a secure boys um, substance abuse treatment or a co-occurring treatment program. We were located on the on the Pinehurst campus at that time. Okay, mm-hmm. twenty four years. So you must like it here if you've been here that long. Yeah, I do. I do. And you know, I often tell people that that my working here is not just my job, but it's also my ministry. And uh, I know that God called me to be here. So it's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is your favorite part of your job? People. Um, I like talking, as as uh, many can attest to. Uh, I love interacting with folks and just simply helping people. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that encourages us to comfort others with the same comfort we've received, and that's uh, part of the reason why I, I like to believe that I selected the recovery program. But uh, God directed me to the recovery program. I've uh, uh, been in recovery myself uh, for about 26 years, 27 years, something like that sort of losing track now, mm-hmm. but um, that was my purpose for, uh, one of my purposes for coming here. love that you listened to the call and mm-hmm. came here to help yeah. others. Yeah. So you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but mm-hmm. your Wedgwood stories and how your role has changed over the years. So you started mm-hmm. working in residential yes. and now you're in more of an administrative role. Kind yes. of what does that journey look like? <laughs> well, um, in the beginning, it was directly working with the kids, uh, then it progressed to um, working to to help develop the staff, uh, and now I'm 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 working more um, on a higher a higher level as far as working with the staff, but helping to develop programming more and uh, things of that nature. So I guess you talked about this a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, your past experience kind of drew you into this mm-hmm. sort of social work type field. Yes. Um, but what brought you to Wedgwood specifically? Uh, well. <laughs> That's an interesting story. Um, I'm also a graduate of Western Michigan Teen Challenge, a, a proud graduate of Western Michigan Teen Challenge. And um, I remember one night I was working on on the phone, sort of like a, a helpline, support line, uh, folks calling from all over the country. And I got a call from a young lady who uh, I found out later uh, wor- uh, was a former employee of Wedgwood, but she was looking for one of our, our, our staff members. He wasn't there. So she and I engaged in a conversation and, uh, she, she asked me, she said, well, um, I believe God is leading me to pray with you. And so we prayed and, 
she then told me that she believed that God wanted me to apply for a job here. And long story short, uh, she gave me a couple of names. I, I, um, I wrote them down. Uh, the next morning, I came back into the staff office at Teen Challenge, and there was a card, a postcard on a counter, and it was uh, uh, addressed to a Michael, no last name, just first name. Uh, I, I turned it over, and it said, don't miss your chance to work in a wonderful Christian organization. And immediately, Holy Spirit spoke to me and reminded me of the conversation I had the night before. And so I went and got the phone numbers, and I called up, and you know, one thing led to to the next, and um, I got a call, and um, um, I remembered uh, months before, and I had totally forgot about it. Um, I came home with a student, um, gave him some personal time with his wife, and uh, my fiance at the time. She and I took a walk down uh, Schaefer, and we walked past Wedgwood, and I seen the kids and staff outside playing, and I said, "You know what, man? I bet that's an awesome place to work." And I remember saying to myself at that particular time, Lord, I don't want to I don't want to work for anyone else in my career but you. And little did I know that I'd get that phone call some months later and and Holy Spirit brought that to my remembrance, too, that you walk past that place. And um, one thing led to to the next. And um, I've been here ever since. It's incredible. Glad you listened and that you're here. <laughs> Yeah. So what motivates you to keep doing this kind of work and what keeps you going? I know it's not yeah. always a very easy job, especially in the residential type setting. So what yeah. keeps you going? Well, my road to get here is a little different uh, from, from I, I would say, the average staff. Uh, I was actually a corrections officer um, uh, in Illinois. I worked at Stateville Correctional Center uh, in Joliet, Illinois, for, for 10 years, and um there, they housed um, some of the most aggressive um, uh, inmates in the state and uh, even had the death house there where they conducted uh, executions. And I worked in the death house for about 16 months. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't see very much in, in helping the guys that I was working with at that time, guys with 1,600-year sentences, double natural life sentences, you know, guys who weren't going to see the street again. And so I really wanted to help people. And uh, I thought about transferring to our juvenile division, uh, but I didn't. And so coming here, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be involved in some intervention and prevention and intervening to, you know, where the kids are right now and also helping them to prevent from becoming the inmates, the convicts, the drug addicts of the future, mm -hmm. and so that's uh, that's why I'm here. So it's it's uh, it's it's easier than what I used to do mm -hmm. as far as being in that prison, but uh, it has its challenges. It has different challenges, but that's uh, that's my motivation to try to help the kids to to turn their lives around right now. Mm -hmm. You know, before it gets too far. Yeah, mm -hmm. what a powerful powerful thing to be able to mm -hmm. share with them. You know, I've seen yeah. worst case scenario and you don't have to do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. God clearly has been in your journey to get to Wedgwood, but mm -hmm. how do you see God working here at Wedgwood in the lives of the kids and maybe even some of the lives of the staff that you work with? Yeah. Just hearing the, um, the horror stories of, of the neglect 
and abuse that that kids have experienced. And uh, I remember thinking about our younger clients, the eight year olds and nine year olds, and 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 just thinking about their experience being in a residential program. You know, I, I, I caught myself thinking, you know, what a shame, of course, it is for them to be in a residential home. But thank God there's a place like Wedgwood where they can come to and 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 don't have to concern themselves or worry about uh, being hurt, being abused, neglected, uh, that that they're around people who who sincerely and genuinely care about them. And they're in a clean and safe environment and uh, a healthy environment. So God providing a place for them mm-hmm. is really exactly. impactful. Exactly. And, you know, funny thing, I was uh, I was in a team meeting last week uh, in the Zonovan home. And we were conducting uh, our regular conversations concerning clients and their treatment and their progress and where they are and different things like that. Uh, and we, we ran out of time. And the kids were returning from school. And so we went from... Uh, discussing individual clients to the staff, turning on a dime and welcoming the kids back from school, the kids showing the staff their um, their their um, their point sheets from the day. And and it, it was like a family type situation where the staff were loving on the kids and the kids were just excited to share their scores of the day and, you know, what was going to happen the rest of the evening and and so as I, I sat back and just, just watched that, I don't know if any, anyone else caught it, but I did. And and just how the staff just transitioned, you know, from being in the meeting to focusing on the kids and loving on the kids. Oh, that's beautiful. And I love that the kids had mm-hmm. something that they wanted to share, mm-hmm. they were proud of, and they mm-hmm. knew the staff would be proud of them too. Yeah. 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 Um, so is there a kid whose story has stuck with you over your 24 <laughs> years? <laughs> It's honestly, it's, it's too many to to recall. Uh, there, there's some some stories, some interactions I've, I've had with kids that would uh, just rip at your heart, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, as they describe their their trauma, you know, I learned a lot about trauma, or learning a lot about trauma, and and how it can occur, and you know, the different faces of trauma. Uh, but on a more positive note, I've shared the story a few times. Uh, there was a, my wife and I were downtown at a festival in Grand Rapids, and we were, we were at some fast food stand or whatever, and uh, I was talking to my wife, and there was a guy behind me, and I heard him say, Mike Voss, is that you? I know that voice anywhere. I turned around, and it was a man who he was in our program about 15, 16, 17 years ago. And he's a grown man now, hair on his face. I can still see that kid here. Mm -hmm. And my wife knows when I engage in conversations like that in public, it's usually related to the job. And so she knows how to give me space Mm -hmm. so I can interact with the folks and things. And, and so he, he said, uh, he said, Mike, wait right here. I'll be right back. And I'm I'm just amazed because he's a grown man now, you know. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I feel old. And so and so he he took off, and he came back, and he had this this uh, this woman with him and two kids. And he said, uh, 
He said, honey, this is the guy I was telling you about. This is Mike. And um, I'm about to get emotional. And um, he introduced me to his kids and his wife. And uh, he was one of our most troubled kids from Detroit. Uh, but he settled here in Grand Rapids now and had a job, had a family. And um, just to see that, and I often tell the staff that God has given us, um, and as all believers, the ministry of reconciliation. And that's what we're doing here. We're planting seeds and watering seeds. And, 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 and sometimes the increase doesn't come the way we want it or when we want it, but we have to trust God in the process, in the role that he's given us as far as planting the seed and watering the seed. And, and um, you know, every now and then he'll give us a, a, a glimpse at the germination process, you know, what's going on um, while the kids are still here. We'll see some change. Um, but it was just a blessing to see that kid and his wife and, and everything. And, and um, you know, I want that for all of Wedgwood staff to get an opportunity to see the 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 results of their hard work, mm -hmm. you know, with the kids, because the staff work really hard with the kids here. And, you know, as you know, there's a lot of patience that re that's required. And, uh, you know, what's happened in, in the kids' lives aren't going to change overnight. It takes time. You know, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, how cool that you got to see a generational impact. Mm -hmm. Like, that kid was healthy, a healthy adult mm -hmm. with a family. Mm -hmm. He could be a healthy adult for, yeah. that's... I mean, so impactful. Just a good Absolutely. reminder that, yeah. you know, you're impacting the future, not mm -hmm. just, you know, the life of the kid currently. Absolutely. Oh. How have you seen the needs of the kids and how the organization is responding to those needs change over your time here? Oh, my goodness. As far as the severity of the neglect and abuse, um, it's gotten worse, um, especially in the... Well, I wouldn't necessarily say especially, but uh, in working in the substance abuse field, which which I've only done since I've been here at Wedgwood, uh, with the exception of the position that I'm in now, uh, you see the trends as far as the substance use and the different substances and combinations that kids are using. And, and I often say that the clients are our best teachers as far as what's going out there on what's going on out there in the streets and you know, again, the different combinations of substances. Um, and and another thing, uh, the age of the kids, as far as uh, what they're using, uh, the age that they start using. And, and it's amazing to see uh, a 12-year-old kid who's experimented with, with, with uh, some of the more harder substances, you know, and, and actually have discovered the high and and know how to seek it and how to use the substances uh yet they're 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 so uh uh intellectually and develop developmentally uh still growing mm -hmm. you know and how the substance just comes in and hijacks the process you know so it uh that's one way that i've i've seen uh things change here over the years just the severity Mm -hmm. of the, the uh, abuse, neglect, and the age in which the kids are coming into the system. and yeah. mm -hmm. What is something about the kids in Wedgwood's care that you think would surprise people? <laughs> that they're just kids. They're just kids. And, um, you know, our staff are more than just uh, staff here. Our kids are more than just 
uh, clients here, their kids. And we do play uh, sort of like a parental role mm -hmm. in our kids' lives and, and um, sort of pseudo parenting family dynamics. Uh, some are uncles, aunts, cousins, brother, sister, depending on their age and how the clients receive them. Uh, but they're, they're simply kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we take our kids out on activities and different things like that. I remember um, we used to take our kids to Cedar Point mm -hmm. every year. That was the, um, the highlight or the, 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 the most awesome activity of our year mm -hmm. for our kids. And uh, for kids who've, who've never been to an amusement park, have never rode a roller coaster. Uh, just some of the simple things. I remember um, a group of us taking kids to uh, Lake Michigan, how <clears throat> some of our kids, the furthest that they've been away from home is when they came here. Mm. And so some of our kids have never seen the lake, have never seen uh, the sunset on the lake. And, you know, I remember... Um, you know, all of those situations and just the expression and just the priceless response of the kids when they experience the roller coaster or, you know, we're going to be here all day doing this mm -hmm. or, you know, going to the beach and watching the sunset in the lake or at the lake and just the, the sun appearing to drop off in the lake for the first time. Just amazing, amazing stuff. So I think people would be amazed to know that our kids are, are just kids. Mm-hmm. They're just kids. Even despite all of the hardship and trauma they've gone mm -hmm. through, they're still a child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great reminder. How do you see faith making an impact in the treatment we provide? <laughs> uh, honestly, I can't. Uh, I can't see any other way to do it. And you know, I, um, I I remind myself of what the Apostle Paul said. He said that he became all things for all men in order that some may be saved. And so we don't force uh, religion or spirituality on kids or even our personal relationship. Um, Paul also said that we're living epistles being read by men daily. First John speaks about uh, that God is love. Working with the kids and some of their complexities and the patience it requires. Um, I know personally for me that that. I need God to help me, to give me insight, to help me to practice patience, uh, to help me to see beyond uh, what's on the surface. And, and, and remember uh, that this individual is someone that Jesus Christ died for mm -hmm. and a potential candidate for eternal life. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that I see it. Uh, and, and, and also, um, I try to partner with God as far as... Uh, uh, the work that I do with the kids, the work that I do with staff here, and just welcoming him into my everyday mm -hmm. in, in this place and what I do here. And um, I know that in my past experiences, being partnered with God as far as uh, um, different things I'm involved with, I have much better results when I partner with him than I, I do when I go out on my own. So um, I appreciate, um, you know, working in a, a foreign agency that that is distinctively Christian, but strives to be professionally competent, and and um, just to be able to pray with my coworkers and and um, you know having devotions. Uh, oftentimes, folks say that um, the hardest thing for them to do 
when they leave Wedgwood is leaving their coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I discovered, uh, in my opinion, one of the reasons why is because we connect in the spirit with each other and it's not just on the surface, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that's a, that's a pretty strong bond Mm -hmm. when you connect with people in the spirit. Yeah. Makes the work more meaningful. It does. Um, what is your favorite piece of advice or wisdom to share with staff members? Well, we have uh, 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 folks who are plugged in spiritually here. And uh, one bit of advice that uh, one of my supervisors gave me when I first started here. He said, Mike, you know who the answer to the problem is? You need to learn more about the problem. And so creating a balance in uh, increasing our competency uh, concerning the disorders and uh, what the kids are dealing with, uh, as, as as well as uh, undergirding that or having that uh, established on the foundation of, of the gospel is mm-hmm. really important. So, uh, just continuing to continuing to uh, to educate ourselves concerning um, the disorders and and what kids are actually going through is really important. Mm-hmm. Understand why they're using exactly because it's not always the same. No, no. Understanding, uh, again, those uh, disorders is really important. So our last question, what brings you joy? <laughs> what brings me joy? Um, knowing that um, or striving to do what I believe God is leading me to do. Um, because we have experienced some um, unfortunate situations here uh, or with clients who have left our care. And I've often reflected on, did I do everything I, I was supposed to do? Did I say everything that I was supposed to say? And so I, I, I encourage our staff to have at least uh, in their programs, um, at least two good conversations with kids a day, different kids, at least two. Uh, I believe in doing that, we've done a lot. And I try to leave work, um, I try to leave Wedgwood uh, with no regrets meaning that uh, if I was prompted to say something, to do something, to just uh, hang out with one of the kids, that I'm, I'm being sensitive to do that uh, because I don't want to leave here uh, with any regrets, that I didn't do what I should have done. So simply being in step with God and, and um, hanging out with the kids and, and uh, loving on them, um, treating them like people, like kids, and just having fun and, you know, being there with them through, through the tough times and, and just uh, being there, that, that truly brings me joy. It does. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your yeah. heart yeah. here at Wedgwood. Um, it's very obvious <laughs> how much you care about the work that you do here and the work yeah. that Wedgwood is doing. What a beautiful story. I hope that Michael's story inspires you to follow God's calling in your own life to serve others in whatever way that you can. If you are feeling called to help children, teens, families, and adults in West Michigan through professionally excellent, grace-filled mental and behavioral health services, Wedgwood is hiring. You can learn more about how to join our team, CL openings, and submit an application on our website. There'll be a link in the description. Curious about our services? Visit us at wedgwood.org, W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D, and find us on our social media at wedgwoodcs.
or shoot us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.